Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Well, today is the the third week in our uh, prayer series, and um, I love that we're starting the new year with this series, this teaching on prayer, because I don't know about you, but I, I love the, uh, the reflection and the sense of change that can come with turning the calendar page. I'm not really big on setting resolutions. I used to be, uh, was disappointed in myself every year, stopped setting them. So I don't really do resolutions anymore, but I do really appreciate taking the time to uh, kind of evaluate habits and practices and uh, look back on the year, kind of clean up uh, some actions and some thought. Uh, if you will, dust off some things that have been neglected for too long and put away others that uh, perhaps are no longer serving me well, uh, kind of putting everything in its proper place. I really love that about the new year. And so starting this year with a focus on prayer has really helped with that. Uh, And I appreciate that. That kind of has recalibrated uh, my days a bit. And I hope that's true for you too. I love love how we've seen... um, kind of this shape of prayer emerge over the last few weeks. Pastor Kyle has started us off with a a framework of prayer. If you remember on New Year's Day, he talked about the idea of being with God in the garden is the phrase that scripture uses, that place where, where heaven and earth meet and where we can be in the presence of God. And then uh, last week, we kind of zoomed in a little bit, and we looked at a posture of prayer, of being still before the Lord as we enter into prayer. And we were encouraged to follow Jesus's example in that way, that before, before doing whatever it is that's set before us to do, and even before saying whatever it is that we really want to say to God, that we take the time to be quiet and to be still before the Lord. I love this framework. And so today we're going to zoom in a little bit more and uh, start to look at some specific practices of prayer. One this week and then one next week as well. Uh, Just real practical means of, uh, of spiritual formation that can help us to grow in our experiences and our relationship with God. But before we jump into that, I just want to offer some quick clarification about that phrase that I just used, spiritual formation, because in, in, some, uh, in some areas of the church, in some pockets of the Christian church, uh, there, are, there are those who hold some concern about that term. And I just want to be clear about what we mean by that. In case you've run into uh, the, that hesitation, perhaps you hold that yourself. The challenging word here is the word spiritual, because it's not exclusively a Christian word. Right? There are all sorts of spiritual practices and, and beliefs and activities in our world. They're not all Christian. And so since that word is not specific, uh, there's a, a concern that has kind of circulated that maybe spiritual formation uh, might lead us away from a focus on Christ and instead lead us to sort of a, a no-name, generic or or even humanistic spirituality. And I just want to say that uh, that is not the case. That as Christians, spiritual formation is 
Christian formation. It's those practices and rhythms and disciplines that will, um, that will help us to really intimately know the heart or the spirit of God. And those are practices like prayer, as we've been talking about, silence and solitude, uh, as we heard last week, fasting, meditating on the word of God, Sabbath rest, celebration, lament, and so on. These are all things that we see Jesus doing uh, in the gospel accounts of his life. So just please don't let that phrase, spiritual formation, hold you back uh, when you hear that. Just know it, it means to be, in a Christian context, to be formed by the Spirit of God. So just wanted to clear that up before we keep going. We use that phrase, and I want to make sure we understand it. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about formation and transformation through prayer. And today I want to talk specifically about a kind of prayer called the examine. See if we can. There we go. The examine. Examine. Maybe you've heard this word before. Maybe it's new for you. Um, it's the Latin word for examination. So we can just think of it like that. It means examination. And it was first used to describe a particular kind of prayer um, about 500 years ago by a man named Ignatius. But it was not a new idea. Ignatius didn't make this up. He was giving a name to a prayer that the people of God have been praying for thousands of years. The examine is, um, is a prayer of reflection on our day. It's frequently called the daily examine, and so it's very literally uh, a daily examination. It's a time for us to think back over the events and thoughts and emotions and conversations of our day and to reflect on those things with the presence and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. A few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Kyle shared in the weekly resources on our website uh, a link to a book called A, uh, a Guide to Prayer. And the author of that book is Mary-Kate Morse. I love, she's a, a scholar, and I love how she talks about this. She says, reflection refers to bending back as light reflects off surfaces. And so the examine, this prayer of daily reflection, is an act of bending back on a day and giving it careful consideration. We are inviting God to give us God's image of our day. I love that. The examine is not a scripted prayer. This is not something for us to memorize and recite. In fact, it really doesn't need to involve very many words at all. That posture of stillness is really important in this practice of prayer. Because what we're doing here is we're asking God to search our hearts. And then we're still in God's presence as he gently helps us to see how he was with us and how he was working throughout our day. Many of you have prayed this way for years, though you may not have applied the word examine to it. That's okay. You probably don't speak Latin in your daily life. I don't either. We see this prayer, the prayer of examine, reflected in Psalm 139, which is attributed to David. And what I love about this psalm is that its foundation is David's deep trust that he is known by God. In fact, about 75% of this psalm is David talking about how completely and how deeply God knows him and how God is always with him 
through every moment of every day. And then in just the final two verses, he offers a humble and simple prayer. Many of you will recognize it. Uh, A prayer of examine, really, that rests on the truth of how God knows and loves us. So let's take a look at this Psalm 139. We'll read just the first few verses here. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. So does my Apple Watch. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. God knows everything about us. He knows everything about me. And he knows everything about you. And I'm with David here. This knowledge, this is too wonderful. It's too much for me to understand. In these first few verses, we we acknowledge that God knows all about our physical activity. When we sit down, when we stand up, he knows all about our thoughts, our mental activity. I love this image of how God knows our thoughts even when we are far away, even when we're lost in thought. We may not even be able to articulate or explain our thoughts ourselves, but God knows them. He understands. When we're out in the world, when we're at our work or play or school or social lives, God sees us. And when we're at home, maybe a little more relaxed, maybe a little less concerned about how we present ourselves, God sees us there too. And he knows our words even before we do. I wonder how this sits with you. I wonder what that stirs up in you when you think about God knowing everything about you. Is that a comfort? Do you feel a sense of comfort around that? Or does it maybe make you feel a little bit squirmy? Maybe a little bit of both? Do you know that God delights in you? Some of you are thinking, not me. Yes, you. He delights in you, and he delights in knowing you. So why does God care to know us so well? I mean, we might think, okay, come on. He's God. He knows everything. It's that whole, like, phenomenal cosmic power thing. Maybe we think we're just another thing that he knows. But that's not it, because, because our God is not this impersonal, distant deity who's just tracking the data of the universe. That's not who God is. God knows us so well because he loves us so much. Because he is love. And his love is not dependent upon what we say or do or think or feel. So when we sit with God in prayer and we reflect on our own lives and on our own days, we can do so without worrying that God's going to find something in us that will make him reject us. He won't. 
He already knows everything about us. He knows it better than we know it ourselves. And he loves us. He places his hand of blessing on us. He delights in us. I want to read the rest of this section of Psalm 139 uh, because it's just an incredible psalm filled uh, with, with awe at the greatness of God's presence and of God's love. So a little bit long, but it's worth reading. David continues, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of morning, if I, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And then I love how this wraps up. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Let's do it again tomorrow, God. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and you're still going to be there and you're still going to know me and you're still going to love me. How wonderful. The psalm tells us that, that God is eternal and God is everywhere and the Spirit of God knows all things and understands all things. This is Emmanuel. This is God with us. And the psalmist here, David, is overcome with wonder and joy as he deeply recognizes just how known he is by God. And so after singing verse after verse after verse about that, then, then the psalm ends with a simple prayer that many of you know. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. When we invite God to search our hearts, we acknowledge that he is already with us. He already knows us, already loves us. And we're asking him to show us those things about ourselves that he already understands and we don't. That is the prayer of examine. And so, uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. What does that look like? The, the examine is this simple prayer with really extraordinary power, transformational power in our lives. We might think of it as having uh, two threads, though they're certainly woven together. This kind of prayer includes uh, what we would call the examine of uh, consciousness and the examine of conscience. 
The first, the examine of consciousness, that is an attentiveness to God's presence in our lives. It means considering the events and the experiences of the day and paying attention to where and how we recognized God's presence or where and how we did not. We can know that God is with us always, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're always consciously aware of his presence. And so this practice of reflection can uh, help us to look back, recognize God in our days, and as we do that more and more, we'll also start to be more aware of God's presence in the moment. It is remarkable how our lives can change when we become aware of God's presence. We start to see his reflection in everyone. We, we pause to look for possibilities in interruptions and disruptions to our day. We can more easily see the potential for healing and transformation. Learning to be attentive to God's presence and movement in our lives and in the world around us can protect us from falling into despair. It brings us hope. But it's not something that we learn by willpower. It's not just determined mental focus. We learn to recognize the presence of God in our daily lives by first being with God in a quiet place, as Pastor Kyle talked about, and then by intentionally examining our days with God. The examine of consciousness is an attentiveness to God's presence in our lives. And then the second part, the examine of conscience, uh, is an awareness of God's work of transformation in our lives, in our own hearts. How are we being changed more and more uh, into the likeness of Jesus? And this one, this one can be more uncomfortable. In his book on prayer, Richard Foster said that the examine of conscience is with, uh, without apology, the way that we do this, without apology and without defense, we ask to see what is truly in us. It is for our own sake that we ask these things. This is where the psalmist said, point out to me anything in, anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. It's really important that we do this with God and not just on our own. First of all, uh, as we've seen, God knows us better than we know ourselves. God is faithful to show us things about ourselves that we would not see on our own. And secondly, God is truer than we are. God is truth. And so, you know, when we come across uh, brokenness in our own lives, on our own, and we might, when we see that on our own, our tendency can be to either falsely justify ourselves or to condemn ourselves. God doesn't do either one. Would we ask him to search our hearts? He will not ignore our sin, nor will he condemn us for it. You know, over the years, I've had, I've had a few, just a handful of conversations with uh, people who have said that they recognize specific areas of sin in their lives, but they know that God loves them anyway, and they believe that he is okay with the way they are living. Friends, no. God loves us way too much 
to ignore a destructive force like intentional sin in our lives. It would be like ignoring a tumor. But I have to say, I've had a few of those conversations, but much more often I hear the heartache of people who are deep in self-condemnation. And friends, that is just as destructive and just as untrue as self-justification. When God searches our hearts, he does not condemn us. He offers us grace, never-ending grace, and with that comes healing and freedom. And so as we daily pray the examine of conscience, we do so knowing that our good God will be truer than we would be on our own and that his truth will not bring judgment but will bring grace. I want, to, uh, I want to wrap up today by just briefly walking through the steps that we might take to practice a prayer of examine. But as we do so, please know that prayer is not rigid, that prayer, uh, prayer connects us to God who is good and kind and gracious and welcoming. And so these steps might be uh, guidelines, uh, but they're not a checklist. It's not a prayer tightrope. There are endless adaptations to the daily examine, but I like this, uh, this simple one. We start with acknowledging an awareness of God's presence. That is the finding a quiet place and being still. We review the day with gratitude. As we go back over our day and see the good gifts that God has brought into our life, we thank him for it. We recognize this is the core of the examine right here. We recognize uh, an experience in the day that was life-giving and an experience in the day that was draining or depleting. Those are sometimes called consolations and desolations. We recognize uh, at least one of each. And then we choose usually a desolation, something in our day that was draining, that was depleting, to our spirits and pray from there. Sometimes we have a, a harder time recognizing God's presence in moments that are difficult, in moments that are draining uh, for us. And so pausing to pray about them can, uh, can bring a new awareness of how God may have been working in those hard moments. And then lastly, we look with hope toward tomorrow. an awareness of God's presence, reviewing the day with gratitude, looking for a consolation and a desolation in the day, praying from there, and then looking forward with hope. That's how we pray the prayer of examine. Now, you may go home tonight. Uh, well, go home before tonight. But you may tonight sit down to pray. And you may not remember these steps. That's okay. We can always pray the words of scripture uh, along with the psalmist. Lord, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. God is faithful to answer that prayer.